fasten your seatbelt. I am taking you for the ride of your life. I'm going to show you what this car is. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. I am the monster the breathing men would kill. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. I go out of my way for you. I do everything to try and make you happy. I feed you, I clean you, I dress you, and what thanks do I get? I am so, so sorry. Are you fucked? Are you fucked? I am the writing on the wall, the whisper in the classroom. Without these things, I am nothing. So now I must shed innocent blood. Dinner is served. Save yourself from hell. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week, 30 years in the making. <laughs> Bo, Pat, it's October. Whoop, whoop. Oh. Dang, where did that time go? As, as soon as, oh man, as soon as we get to break out the Halloween stuff, I get so excited. That's awesome. So That's awesome. That intro was amazing, John. You outdid yourself oh, as always. Why, thank you. No, I, I have so much fun. I'm, you guys know, I love horror movies. I love the scary mm-hmm. stuff. And, and growing up, like we, we were talking the other day with my family and one of my mom's favorite traditions, she said, was Halloween. I was like, okay, well, I know where I get it from. Right. We had that she was talking about when we lived over in England for a few years. They don't, at least in the area that we were, they didn't quite trick or treat the same way we do here in America. And so mm-hmm. I think my American family might have scared the neighbors the first year when we started going like door to door and asking for candy. It, it creeped out the neighbors just a little bit, and they were a little confused. Oh, <laughs> hey, trick or treat. What? What? No. But then, but then my mom, like the next year, she's like, fine. Fine. I'll do it myself. So we had a big party at our house, and we got to invite a bunch of friends, and she put together decorations and games and all kinds of other stuff. And so we're just like, you know what? The Americans, we're just going to, we're going to do this the right way. So we always had big Halloween parties at our house. Cool. It's a good, very, very, very fun times. A lot of, I have a lot of memories actually of family getting all together. Cause that was also my grandmother's birthday was October 31st. So a lot of times we'd get together with the whole family and do kind of a joint Halloween birthday party kind of thing. So it was always awesome. Always a big time for family to get together. That's cool. That's so. cool. It's been a little by a little a little while, guys. It's it's been a minute. We've we actually took off, so the the recordings kept going. So anybody listening to the show, you kept getting your episode every week. But we took a couple weeks off from recording. We had kind of stacked some things up a little bit, so got a chance to to take a little break at the busy start of the school year here. And so it's been a little bit since I've seen you. It has it been. Has. It's good to be back on the pod together. It is, and it used to be that I'd see you guys all the time or bump into you all the time, but. Life, you know, gets crazy, gets different. And I mean, my gosh, we could all be working on opposite ends of the country if, on the continent and we'd probably see each other more than how things have been. So mm-hmm. this is always very fun time. It's very good to see you guys. I guess that's what I'm trying to say, long and short of it. Yeah. Random question, just because I was wondering this the other day. My sister's dog would completely refuse to wear any kind of Halloween costume. I haven't tried it on my dog. Do you think either of your pets 
would be willing to wear a Halloween costume if you tried it. No, my cats would Not revenge all. against you. Okay. I, I don't know. Doodles kind of, he's kind of a free, Oh, he's down there at my feet. He's kind of a free mm-hmm. spirit. So yeah. I don't know whether he'd, push it off or I don't know what he would do to yeah. be completely honest with you. Might not be, might not be compliant enough to, I think he'd do whatever the heck he darn well pleased. Okay. And I'm just, it's hard to predict whatever the heck he darn well pleases. Toby is, he's not, what do I want to say? He's well, like my sister's dog, if she tried to put a, and she has tried to put costumes on her and the dog will just like tear stuff off immediately when we've tried, like with Christmas sweaters and things like that, to put those on Toby, like he he complies, but then he kind of just sits there and looks at us, like, "Why? Mm-hmm. Why did you do this to me?" Mm-hmm. I'm like, "That's okay." And then eventually he'll get up and he'll walk around. And he'll be fine. So I don't know. He might. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to try it or not. If I found just yeah. the right costume, maybe I would. Right. But. All right. Well, very, very quickly, we spoil here. We just, we're going to talk freely. We spoil. So just be warned. This is your only warning. And uh, visit our website, 30podcast.com, where you can leave a rating, leave a voicemail, become a co-executive producer via Patreon. We've got a lot of really good stuff going on over there at the Patreon, extra bonus episodes and, and all kinds of things. So head over there if you want to. Any level of support there on Patreon helps keep the show going and then helps improve the show over time and gets you access to all that fun bonus content that's over there. we got a full episode each month and a couple of short episodes each month over there for our co-executive producers. And thank you so much to those co-executive producers who are supporting us each and every month over there. It just, it really means a lot to us. So thank you so much for that. Yeah. Thanks yes. everybody. Yeah. That's pretty cool stuff. Gents, do you remember what uh, Halloween costume you wore? In October of 1992, we're, we're about to jump in the DeLorean and go back in time. I'm curious if you remember, what, what God, were you for 92, huh? That's tough. Do you remember? I might have been in the black t-shirt that said, this is my Halloween costume phase. Okay. Mm. Yeah, I might have been there. I, was I might have been there. I was just about to turn 12. I think I might have been an alien. Not like the movie Alien, but like... My mom had made me an alien costume, mm-hmm. like a like a spaceman from Mars kind of costume. Really? Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. It was either yeah, that I... or it was it was a, a ninja. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't remember which one. That might have been right around when. No, that was when we were in high school. My brother was always more into Halloween than I was. I mean, he went full crusades one year, chain mail, sword, the whole deal. Wow. Wow. Yeah. But he would have been too young for that. So that couldn't have been 92. Okay. Gosh, I have no idea. We were good. We uh, being only two years apart, we played well together. Mm -hmm. So we often would go as two Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. One was one, one was the other or two Ghostbusters or whatever so it's possible we did that did you go as the blues brothers no but we should have that That would have been easy that would have been good yeah we also did a couple of like i don't think we did this one but this is my the example that popped into my head like uh claw versus inspector gadget like we did a couple of those over the years but we didn't do that one although i'm wishing we had now that i think about it yeah you know what could this have been our Freddy Krueger year? 
We had masks. We had the gloves. Oh, we had the nice. whole deal. That that's possible. Okay, that we're right around that time. Nice. We were kind of proud of those. Both both of you were Freddie. I think so. Okay. We might have both been Freddie in different years, though. I just remember okay. right around this time there was a a full Freddie outfit mm-hmm. we had going on. Yeah. And I mean, the rest of it was pretty easy. It was a sweatshirt and the claws and oh, the mask. Yeah. yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> get all those like those boxed costumes at Toys R Us. They'd have that giant wall of costumes. Local Toys R Us had all the boxes. You could see the mask through the front mirror of the box and the rest of it. Some of it, some of those were like the rest of the costume was basically a garbage bag that had been colored to look like whatever the character was, but the mask was always kind of cool. Definitely. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's hop in the DeLorean and we'll go back to October of 1992. All right, some top news stories from October 1992. October 8th, 1992, a video game is released by Midway Games. It is one of the the more violent games. Oh, John. Any, anybody oh. want to finish my news here? And... Which I think the, the techno thing, that came out with the movie. But yeah, probably. You get the yeah. idea. Yes, Mortal Kombat is released on October 8th, 92. Oh, man. Do you, guys rem- do you guys remember when that came out? Like, do you remember going yeah. to the arcades and being like, what is this? It looks so real. Yeah, and I remember oh. my mom telling me that was the only game I wasn't allowed to play. Uh, and, <laughs> and basically, right. and what does that translate to? Is play this game as play much as you possibly game. can. Because it is full of cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So I pulled out Mortal Kombat on the Sega Genesis. I pulled out the Sega Genesis from the basement. Oh, yeah. You still um, have it. I, I told you, yeah, we had old old school video game day, nice. which now we got the Nintendo Switch, so that's changed. But yeah. the point is, so we I pull that out, and I'm starting to play, and my kids are playing. They they last for like two minutes, and then they're like into doing or whatever, and they're on like a, a, I think this was during COVID, so they were on like a cousin Zoom, and they were all playing a video game. And all of a sudden, I, I entered the blood code because I'm just like, what's the blood? Oh, that's right. I have internet now. So I got on the internet. I'm like, oh, the blood code, internet. <laughs> I have uh, this thing. It's called the internet. And so I like, and of course I go to Sub-Zero and I'm just like pulling people's heads off and everything like that. And all of a sudden my kids go, oh, dad, that is so gross. What are you doing? I'm like, well, I beat this guy up. Now I have to pull his head off. I'm living my childhood. Leave me alone. (laughs) What is that that dangling thing? I said, that's a spinal cord. And then they're like, oh. And then I I heard over the Zoom as they were playing, what's Uncle Patrick doing? Oh, he's pulling people's heads off. And then I heard my brother-in-law, Eduardo, go, yeah, that's awesome. He's playing Mortal Kombat. You know, and, and the kids were just, the kids were not enthused. They were just yeah. like, what, like, what is, so like, maybe it skips a generation, but they did not find any, yeah. they, they were not, they were not impressed. It was, it was, it was a novelty to us, so. Well, and even like all the later ones, like uh, Mortal, the, the Mortal Kombat games are just fun to play, oh, yeah. you know, and, and all the characters and all that. But the original 
the original Mortal Kombat with yeah. the eight, just the look of the movement on screen, the fact that it wasn't just throwing fireballs, but right. this guy threw an ice ball, and this guy threw electricity, yeah. and this guy could do the splits and punch you where the sun don't shine. Mm-hmm. And you know, Well, actually, no, I guess the other, you know what I'm saying. Right. But, uh, oh, love Mortal Kombat. Yeah. That's awesome. So that was that was October 8th. October 31st, the Roman Catholic Church apologizes for its treatment of Italian astronomer Galileo Galilei after 359 years. About oh. freaking time. So better late than never, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So let's see. One of the, the only birth that I put on here, there were more than this, but October 11th, 1992, was Cardi B was born. Oh. In New York City, okay. New York. That makes me feel old. Yeah, no kidding. Deaths, October 6th, Denholm Elliott, the English actor from Raiders of the Lost Ark, died at age 70. Mm. And October 25th, Roger Miller, the American country music singer, King of the Road, and Dang Me, dies at 56. Some of the sports news, October 11th, Deion Sanders plays for the Atlanta Falcons and the Atlanta Braves, both NFL and baseball. Is there I any, remember that. Is there anybody currently that's playing more than one sport? No. I don't think so. It's funny because you see it like you you start to see it all over the place. You see it specializing even at the at the lower levels. Right, people aren't even playing three sports anymore. It's yeah. nuts. Oh yeah, I just remember yeah. I remember Dion and uh, Bo Jackson kind of being the big deal. Mm-hmm. Would split the two. Top books: Where is Joe Merchant by Jimmy Buffett, The Pelican Brief by John Grisham, The Stars Shine Down by Sidney Sheldon, and The Tale of the Body Thief by Anne Rice. I- ironic that we have an Anne Rice book as we're talking about uh, vampire movies. Vampire. Top movies were Last of the Mohicans and Under Siege, and top song is still End of the Road by Boys to Men. Ah, great school dances. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we've come. To the end of the road. There we go. Sing it, Pat. No, Pat's gonna stop there because I don't. I don't even know if I know. That's, like, it's yeah, it's gonna be that's bad. That's the end it's of the road for Pat. That's gonna. That's the end of the road. Okay. All right. I did ask my kids because both of my kids have gone to dances recently, and I did okay. ask them if they still play Cotton Eye Joe as much as they used to, and oh. and they said yes, they do. Actually, my my son said yes, oh. they played it at homecoming, and my daughter went to a sixth grade dance, and she said they played it three times. Oh, see, that's a crime. Yeah. I mean, I get once or twice, but three? Yeah, three times. Three times just too many? I, I don't know. I mean, yeah. Sometimes, yeah, one, it I is. Think, sometimes one time is too many. Mm hmm. No. I, I kind of like Cotton Eye Joe, but I, maybe I got to go hang out to places that are like, well, it's, you it's know, all right. play it multiple times at night. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Like, I, mean, I, it's okay. It's, it can wear out as welcome. Okay. All right. All right. I, anything else about October of '92 that you gentlemen recall, or should we go ahead and dive into the uh, dive into the uh, Borgo Pass in Transylvania? I think we should drive into Transylvania, but I think we should also have a like Patreon episode where we talk about Mortal Kombat. But that's just me. All right, I, I can put that on the list. Yeah, we'll, we can do a Patreon where we talk all about. You want to talk about all the different versions of Mortal Kombat? I I just maybe just we just sit down and play Mortal Kombat. Just play it. Maybe that's and, our that's just we'll, the Patreon episode. We'll just talk while we play. Yeah, I think so. All right, that's fine. We'll do that. All right, I'll put it on the list. 
All right. Well, our episode this time around is Bram Stoker's Dracula. Release date was 13th of November, 1992. So I... Kind of funny that they just missed the whole Halloween thing right there. Like, you'd think maybe they would have right? maybe hurried it up just a little bit and finished it a couple of weeks early, but eh, that's all right. So it came out on November 13th, 1992, rated R. Runtime of two hours and eight minutes, directed by Francis Ford Coppola, who also did The Godfather and The Outsiders. Written by, I mean, the screenplay was not written by Bram Stoker because he died in 1912, but the novel was written by Bram Stoker. Screenplay was written by James V. Hart. Stoker also did a story called The Jewel of Seven Stars, which uh, there was a movie called The Awakening that was based on that. Hart wrote screenplays for Hook and August Rush. Producers were Francis Ford Coppola, Fred Fuchs, and Charles Mulvihill. Coppola did American Graffiti, Apocalypse Now. Fuchs did Don Juan DeMarco, The Rainmaker, and Mulvihill did The Last Samurai and Proof of Life. Music by Wojciech Kilar, who died in 2013. He did The Ninth Gate and The Pianist. Okay, the Animaniacs fan in me wants to like make the Animaniacs joke right there. Mm-hmm. Believe me, I thought it. <laughs> I just wasn't sure if it was the right time. And what do you? Was it there? Was it the episode with Beethoven? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, because if you're Beethoven. gonna do it, oh yeah. What's and and what do you do? I'm a pianist. A pianist. Good night, everybody. Let's see. Cinematography was done by Michael Ballhouse, who died in 2017. He was in Goodfellas and Gangs of New York. Editors were Anne Gorsad, Glenn Scantlebury, and Nicholas C. Smith. Gorsad did The Outsiders and Crimes of the Heart. Scantlebury did Transformers and Con Air. And Smith did Brave and Spaceballs. Budget for this one was $40 million. Box office was $215.9 million. Flickmetrics gives it a 68%, and CinemaScore gives it a B-. It's a little bit of a low cinema score. Like, most times, you know, I, you feel like movies like this, most times the cinema score is like... A, A minus, B plus. B minus is a little low. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering, we'll get into this when we talk about the movie. I'm wondering if people went into this expecting it to be more like the old classic kind of vampire movies. And then when it ended up being very much a love story, I wonder if people were like, what is this? Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. You know, I, I can't explain the cinema score, but. We'll talk. Starring Gary Oldman as Dracula, Vlad Dracula. He was in The Dark Knight, Tinker Tailor, Soldier Spy. Winona Ryder was Mina Murray and Elisabetta. She was in Heathers and Mermaids. Anthony Hopkins was Professor Abraham Van Helsing. He was in Silence of the Lambs and Legends of the Fall. Keanu Reeves was Jonathan Harker. He was in Bill and Ted and The Matrix. Richard E. Grant played Dr. Jack Seward. He was in Hudson Hawk and Gosford Park. Carrie Elwes played Lord Arthur Holmwood. He was in The Princess Bride and Robin Hood Men in Tights. Billy Campbell played Quincy P. Morris. He was in The Rocketeer and the TV series Cardinal. Sadie Frost was Lucy Westenra. She was in Splitting Airs and Absolutely Fabulous, the movie. Tom Waits played R.M. Renfield. He was in Shortcuts and Seven Psychopaths. Monica Bellucci. (sighs) I, I was just letting you have a moment there, Pat. Yeah. I was one of Dracula's oh, brides. <laughs> there we go. Was one of Dracula's brides and was mm-hmm. in The Matrix Reloaded, Revolutions, and the TV series Mozart in the Jungle, which I know I, I know you enjoyed Mozart in the Jungle there, Pat. Yeah, that was that was actually a really good show. It, it actually, was a really good show. Even even if you take out the parts with Monica Lucci, it was a really exactly, good show. Exactly, exactly. It it was an outstanding show. Yeah. I mean, it was like, wow, this is really good. Yeah, we, we really enjoyed the show. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, I had a, we actually, I actually, I had an assistant principal that you love that show. And whenever he would get sick of things, he would say, just cut out the red tape, cut it right out, cut out the red tape. You know, he would, that was like his big quote, yeah. which was, which was pretty funny. Like whenever we were trying to get something done and there's something would get in the way, I'd just feel like, boss, can we, and he'd just be like, I let me guess, you just want to cut the red tape, cut it right out. Yep. So yeah, it's a fun show. Yeah. One of the other brides was Michaela Burkew. She was, in fact, I think this is her only movie. And Florina Kendrick was another one of the brides. She was in another movie called With Criminal Intent. All right. So I think, Patrick, I think you were doing the trivia for us this time around. So what have you got? What have you got? Regale us with your trivia. Well, here's the one that I found interesting is they said 25 minutes of violence had to be cut out of this movie. Yeah. And I've reread that a couple times. I'm like, 25 minutes? That's a lot of, that's a lot to cut out. And then they said, and I, I didn't get into specifics, but they said 25 minutes of, so I'm like, I wonder what had, so in my mind, it was just, okay, useless bits of gore. But then I'm wondering like, that's, you're cutting a pretty big chunk of movie out, right? So I, I just kind of, maybe other movies are like that as well. I, I, I don't know, but that, that one kind of stood out in my mind, just how much they had I, to cut out. I wonder if it would have um, been like, w- did they have to cut 25 minutes or could they have just cut that giant splash of blood after Lucy dies? And would that have done it? Yeah. I, I yeah. That's always the thing. Like I wish I, I would love to know, you know what I'm saying? I'm yeah. always fascinated by what gets trimmed out. And then the why I, I'd be, I'm, I, and I'm, I'm actually, as we speak, furiously scrolling through IMDb to see if that was where I found it. Mm-hmm. Um, but 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 the why was it to try and get it inside of a rating? Was it just guys, this is too much? I yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So that was the first one that really uh, stood out. The other one that I found kind of interesting was that Harker and Mina's wedding was shot at a real Greek Orthodox church with a real minister. So they were all talking afterwards that they said, well, legally binding, maybe not, but. It, in one sense, we are kind of like a, a Keanu and uh, I can't think of his name. Joyce Byers are like yeah, really Ryder. married. Winona Ryder. Thank you. So they're like, I guess we're really married now because we went through the ceremony in a real church with a real minister. And I guess it was kind of a something that they always laugh about. And supposedly whenever Winona Ryder like messages or sends communication to Keanu, many times she will put like, hello, husband. Yeah. And he gets, he gets a kick out of that. So I, I found that interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I heard about um, that too. Yeah. And then the other ones that, uh, well, actually I'll, I'll go in this order. I, I put here on the, in the, the Google form that we use to kind of collate our data here is uh, Gary Oldman whispers. I guess there were several scenes where Gary Oldman said or did something to get his fellow actors to elicit the proper emotion. And there's a, there's a couple things. And I'll, how can I say this in a family-friendly way? I guess in the scene where Dracula first meets Mina on the street, like to get the proper reaction, I guess uh, he, he had a zucchini. And let's just say he held it in a compromising position so that when she looks back at him, the look that she gives is entirely genuine of what the heck, because he's, He's holding this vegetable in a in a curious position. So that was one. The second one was that I guess when when Dracula as that one of the Wolfman monsters or, or whatever, when he's assaulting, for lack of a better word, when he's assaulting Mina's friend. What's mm-hmm. what's her name again? Lucy. Lucy. When he's assaulting Lucy, I guess he said something in her ear and it's like super secret, but to 
to get her to understand the scene more. He said something to her that Francis Ford Coppola found amusing, but that was something he like whispered to her that made her totally get into the part or get into that scene. And then when he turns into the bat monster or whatever, and the uh, trio of guys is going after him, I guess they weren't looking scared enough. So again, he went and whispered something in each of their ears and whatever he said made them have a look of outright terror on their face when he was the bat creature. Because supposedly he thought when he was dressed up like the bat, he wasn't scary enough. So whatever he said, and it's, I couldn't find it anywhere. Whatever he said in those guys' ears, like that look of terror was, was the result. I mean, I'm sorry. If he shows up on set looking like that, I'm going to be terrified. I, can someone tell me what kind of a world we live in where a man dressed up as a bat? But yeah, yeah. I guess he didn't think he was that scary. Yeah. And to get the appropriate effect, he again had to whisper something super secret into each one of those guys' ears. And Pat, the I, look of terror. I, I want to pull back. Genuine. I want to pull back the curtain just a little bit for those listening to the podcast. That before we started recording, I don't know if you said it on purpose or if it was a bit of a slip up. You accidentally said Gary Busey. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, that was a slip Instead up. Instead of Gary Oldman, you said Gary Busey whispered something in their ear. I'm like, well, that all could also be terrifying. Lions, the tigers, the bears. Oh, my. That would be, I you mean, could that's, say it that's right also to your face. a very different, if Dracula was played by Gary Busey, that's a very different movie. Uh, yes, that I mean, would be a. You have, you have different degrees. You've got the Dracula played by Gary Oldman. You've got the Dracula played by Gary Busey. We could have the right. Dracula played by Gary Coleman. That's entirely different. We, yeah, it, uh, there's no words. Yeah. There are no words to describe that. Dracula played the by final, Gary Coleman is bite size. <laughs> the the only other bit of trivia that I found oh, in this one we could talk we could talk about for the entire app is that the use of practical effects yeah. in this movie. I guess that the only thing were the blue flames that appeared. Flames on the side of my face. On the side of my castle. <laughs> <laughs> were the only like added or edited visual i guess cgi type effects i don't know if it was cgi but that kind of effect mm-hmm. everything else and i mean i could go down like i could go down the list but i mean it's it's just tons of it everything they did in the movie was either a nod to an earlier dracula movie or a nod to the cinematography of an earlier dracula movie yeah. or whatever it was but, I mean, it was all practical visual effects. I mean, like when Lucy is sitting down in the coffin, they film it in reverse so it looks more eerie. When they do the thing where he's shaving Keanu and, you know, there's no reflection in the mirror. They did it with, I think they said this is like, this is a trick as old as movies themselves. You know, they didn't have a mirror. It was like a piece of glass and they used a body double and just all these things to practically give the movie, its feel, and boy, it just had a unique feel. I'm trying to see if I forgot everything. The reflection in the mirror. Oh, I yeah, I forgot. The pro, A professional magician was consulted to create the effects of the brides rising out of the bed, oh, which, yeah. again, I, I, I would be fascinated to hear what they... Well, you thought that scene was magic. What they did and what they said. Oh, I thought that scene was magic. <laughs> All right, yes. Yes, but that was for other reasons. Mm -hmm. Do you believe in magic? The final one I wanted to say that was awesome was the shaving scene. The set walls were slowly closing in to give the scene a more claustrophobic feel. Mm. 
which I just thought was like, like now I want to go back after reading this and the list goes on. And so I encourage any of our viewers to go check it out because it was like on the IMDB and I found other websites that had it like when it goes down and lists all the practical effects and this is a nod to this technique in movies and this is a nod to this Dracula movie I mean it was just it seems like the movie was just put together with such attention to detail just just fascinating just fascinating so those are some of the trivias that I that I I found in my in my research of this movie yeah I one of the things that I thought was kind of cool too was I think Francis Ford Coppola talked about it that he wanted to treat it as if physics does not work properly when the vampire is around. Like there were several Mm -hmm. instances of he wanted to film things where water would drip upside down or shadows would not work properly. Like they have all the scenes where Dracula, his shadow moves, but then all of a sudden he's across the room. Right. Or he's, he's climbing up the wall or the filming backwards of Lucy climbing back into her coffin and things like that. That, And I thought that was really cool, too. So I, after I read that and watched it this time, I read that before rewatching it this time because I've seen this movie a ton. It was fun to kind of watch and pay close attention to all that stuff, too, that like every time Dracula is nearby, physics is, is not quite working the way that it should. That's, that's very cool. That's very cool. All right. Well, I have I have the trailer here for it, but before then, we'll give you a quick synopsis of the movie. Oh, go ahead. John, real, real quick before you jump in, I just found it. The 25 minutes of gore that had to be cut was because of preview audiences. I just I oh, okay. just found it. They said that, I guess they showed it, and preview audiences found it too bloody, so they had to tw- cut out 25 minutes of gore and blood, which, again, I'm thinking, like, go, that's why I was so struck by it. I'm like... 25 minutes is a long time. And that's not just like Mm -hmm. plot development points or I'm I'm just like 25 minutes of gore and blood. Like what, what was in there? Do you know what I'm saying? Like I want like, did they expand scenes? Was it a whole scene? Like what? Could we have made a trade and cut 15 minutes of gore and blood and 10 minutes of Keanu's dialogue? Yeah, this was back in the weird Keanu phase. Like, I know he's weird, period. But like, there's been a resurgence of Keanu in the mm-hmm. John Wick era, for lack of a better term. Well, and supposedly right. he had just finished a couple of movies back to back. And I yeah. guess when he got to this one, he's like, I didn't have any energy for this one. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. This is yeah. definitely in his odd phase for sure. Yeah. You know, his blue period, uh, if you will. The blue flame. <laughs> yeah. He. Yeah. I know he and the critics agreed in that. Like they both didn't like, you know, what he did. Yeah. Oh, last, last trivia thing I was going to mention here too, before we go to the the synopsis and the trailer is Gary Oldman. I thought this was interesting. Gary Oldman and Winona Ryder did not get along on set. Yeah. I'm like, well, that's interesting because the whole idea is that they're supposed to be, but I mean, I guess that kind of builds the tension in too, that they're supposed to be in love with each other, but at the same time she's torn because she also loves Jonathan. And so I I guess it worked out pretty well, but yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. They just did not get along at all. Might've been because of the zucchini. It might've been because of the zucchini. That's right. Well, you know what? I remember hearing that and I wanted to look up how big of an age difference is there. Well, probably quite a bit. I mean, are they like, yeah, okay, okay. That does, because, you know, I that, mean, that changes. It makes it a little bit less 
dramatic and meaningful if he was doing the whole zucchini thing when he says the line, I have crossed oceans of time to find you or to be with you or something like that. <laughs> if, if he's doing that just out of frame while he says that line, because that line is so iconic. Like, well, okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I have crossed oceans of farmer's markets to find you. To find the zucchini. Yeah. To <laughs> Held this uncomfortable yes. zucchini uh-huh. in my coffin <laughs> from go. all across the ocean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to my produce farm. All of the vegetables <laughs> are white. <laughs> okay, total sidebar because we're talking about vampires and white vegetables. Of course. Have you ever, did you as a kid read the Banicula books? Yeah, long time ago, yeah. Yeah. So I, is that something that was funny enough and you remembered from your childhood to bring forward to your kids or no? They might have read. I'm trying to remember if they did. I don't think I ever purposefully put the book in front of them, but I think they might have ended up reading them. Or we had a copy somewhere and maybe they found it. Yeah, I, I, feel like, I, I feel like John did. I don't know if Nora ever did. Okay. I'll have to ask her. I feel like that would have been her speed. Right on. We loved them. I don't know why. We thought they were great. Yeah. I think it was just the silliness of it. Mm-hmm. And the idea of a rabbit that sucks all the color and juice out of the vegetables. I mean, right. that's funny, right? Right. <laughs> It's in the Universal Children's Monsters universe. You've got that. Totally. Frankenweenie. Yeah. Ex- yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, our synopsis for this one. In a world where Vlad and Lizabetha were lovers separated by death, he'll cross oceans of time to find her. Unfortunately for Vlad, her new husband and his gang of misfits might have something to say about that. I decided to go cheerful for that one. That's awesome. Here occurred the frightening and shocking history of Prince Dracula and the woman he loved. I have crossed oceans of time to find you. Yeah. Dracul. There's a sinister, darker side to him. I find irresistible. I have never met any man with such a passion for life. He is unlike any man. What are you? Vampires do exist. This one we fight, this one we face. It can take on many forms. He is both young and old. He can appear as mist, as vapor, as the fog. And he can vanish at will. The power of his evil desire has no end. You've got to go to him. You've got to love him. She is a willing recruit and devoted disciple. She is... The devil's concubine! Join me in eternal life. This 
salvation is his destruction. I want to be what you are. I want to see what you see. I want to love what you love. Take me away from all this death. mistake. He must be stopped. Our first major moment is we start the movie off in 1462. There is the battle versus the Turks. And this is kind of a fun way to start the movie. You get the backstory. If you are if you're a Dracula fan, if you've watched any of the old Dracula movies, you don't tend to get Dracula's backstory. You just kind of know mm-hmm. that he's this creepy vampire count guy that lives in this castle in Transylvania. And, you know, you, you kind of know, you know what you know from that. And like, you, you've, you've got like the old Bella Lugosi stuff. You've got some of the stuff from the the seventies, like the hammer horror films. You've got the Christopher Lee stuff You've got all those, but you don't really ever get kind of a backstory as to why he was the way that he was. And this is where it kind of brings in some of those legends of like Vlad the Impaler and, you know, that stuff and, and really kind of gives it a a tragic love story twist to the movie mm-hmm. that really, as far as I can tell, as far as I remember, there really is not that twist on the Dracula story in any of the other iterations of the character. Mm-hmm. That, yes, I, I agree. And we're, are we going to get into like first reactions and everything later? I want to be yeah. careful. I don't expand too much, but yes. And I remember when this movie came out, I remember that was like a big component of what everyone was talking about was, wow, this is the Dracula you haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, one of the most, one of the most impactful things in that early scene in the movie was his red armor. Like I thought, I always thought that was so cool. Yeah. Yes. I, I felt they didn't use that enough. I don't know where else they could have used it, but yeah. it was just so cool looking. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was cool armor. The sword was cool. And yeah. I tell you, watching this movie over over and over again actually kind of got me got me a little hooked on vampires there for a while and just wanting to find out more about the mythology and the history and, and all that. And this was about the time so it would have been ninety four four-ish, 95-ish, is probably not too long after I saw it because I was I was too young to have obviously seen it in the theater, but I think I probably saw it around about 94 or 95 sometime, and it kind of got me hooked on the whole Dracula story and vampires and all that to the point where when we were about to move, we had been living in Missouri, we were about to move up to Chicago, my dad had come up here first to try to look for a house and all of that, so we actually ended up living he had an apartment because he had been working in Chicago for almost a year while we stayed down in Missouri to finish school. And so he had an apartment in downtown Chicago within walking distance of Michigan Avenue and, and, you know, the Hancock building and all that. There used to be a big borders bookstore 
that was right across yes. the way from the. And I loved. We were it was a it was a ten minute walk from my dad's apartment, and that summer, for several weeks, we came and we stayed with him in his apartment while we would look in the suburbs for a place to live. And I remember I was just old enough that my parents were like. Yeah, that's fine. You go, if you want to go walk around the city, you go walk around the city. Just come back and didn't have any cell phones, but walk around, come back at a certain time and have fun. So half the time I would walk down to that borders and I would just sit and I would just pick up books and I'd read them while I'm sitting there in the borders. And I remember going down and just spending an entire like two weeks in their section of vampire books because I just wanted to know more about like the history of the st- vampire stories and the the myths and legends and all that. And I had, I had myself convinced that, you know what, I'm going to write my own sequel to Dracula. So I started to sit down and like try to write my own Dracula sequel. And it was probably a, a big steaming piece of crap because I don't think I have it. I think I got so frustrated with it at one point. I was like, this is so stupid. I think I might've thrown it away, but I, I actually had, I had at least 150 pages written by the time that summer was done. So I kind of wish I'd kept it now. I wish I'd kept it now because I'd be kind of curious to see just how bad it is, but. Oh, you, man, that's, that's pretty cool though. That's especially as you went into writing and all that kind of thing. Yeah. And I mean, and I did, and I did my research too. Like I, I looked up all kinds of stuff and I was building in like the legends of vampires and how they came to be. And, and you know, like all the like folklore surrounding them and, yeah, so I th- this this movie kind of got me really fascinated about that and and kind of got me on that path for a while. Very cool. Very cool. So, yeah, this this opening part this establishes the whole tragedy of the movie that it is that he was a he was a a knight that was fighting for the church and defending the church from the Turks. And then through a series of events, his wife believes that he's killed in battle. She commits suicide. He is then told. Very, that, very Romeo and Juliet of them. Very Romeo and Juliet. He is then told that because she committed suicide, that she will be cursed and damned. And so he, he will not be able to see her in eternity. So he decides, well, if she's not going to be there, then I don't plan on being there either. I turn my back on all of this. I renounce God and has that scene where he stabs his sword into the cross and the blood starts coming out and very, very dramatic scenes there at the beginning. But then that kind of establishes for us an explanation as to, well, how did Dracula get this way? Because I don't think we ever really had an explanation in the past for how did Dracula become Dracula, or at least not one that I recall. So then we kind of jump ahead a little bit to 1897. It's about 400 years later. Jonathan Harker is on his way to Transylvania because someone else from his company went to Transylvania to try to close this real estate deal. His name was Renfield, and he done gone insane while he was there. So, of course, it's super exciting to be the second guy after the first guy goes insane trying to do a real estate deal with some count in a really far off land. But, yeah. Some red flags there. Some potential just, pitfalls. Just a little bit, just a little bit. The only thing I miss, the only thing I miss in this movie from the other, some of the other Dracula movies is my dad, because he always loved the old Dracula movies and he loved the character of Renfield from some of those old movies. Yeah. He had the very distinctive laugh. And so sometimes my dad would do the Renfield laugh. <laughs> and, <laughs> kind of like this weird, creepy little laugh that he would do. <laughs> 
And uh, that's the only thing I miss about this Renfield. I think this Tom Waits does a great job with Renfield, but I, I did miss the classic Renfield kind of madman laugh. Yeah, it's it's interesting the way Renfield changes so much depending on the mm-hmm. version of Dracula that you're watching. Yeah. So we get Jonathan is is off to Transylvania, meets Count Dracula, and this is where we first we first get introduced to Gary Oldman as Count Dracula. He's looking very old, very ancient, very creepy castle. We get all kinds of creepy stuff leading up to it. We get the the wolves. We get the the carriage driver that's got the weird, creepy like lizardy arm. I'm just saying, like, I I guess you had to go with it, but I'm kind of like, dude, at what point do you realize this is a bad scene? When that's your driver that shows up? You know, when that's... Right? Like, like I, I'd be downvoting that guy on Uber and just, like, walking. Like, that's okay, I'm out. Yeah. Yeah, you're just, like, further and further into a bad situation. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and he's like, well, I must do this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But the but, but the real estate yeah. commission the real estate commission, right? Mm-hmm. Well, because he was back in his business. I mean, if you, you look back like a month ago, and Jonathan Harker and Renfield are in the office, and their boss is sitting up there going, A B C A always B B C closing. Renfield, mm-hmm. put that coffee down. Coffee's, Coffee's for, closers. for closers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's he he was basically told that he was weak and that he if he wanted to watch just like his, he needed to go to Transylvania and close the deal. It's Dracula is canonical Glengarry Glen Glenn Ross. Yes. It is. It's it's part of that cinematic universe. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And so this is where we get a a bunch of just weird, creepy stuff as Jonathan is kind of stuck in the castle and, and Dracula. I mean, how many red flags? have to go up. I mean, and the red flags are probably just soaked in blood at this point. But how many red flags That's have why to go they're up? red. Right. How many red flags have to go up is when the old creepy count guy's like, I, I want you to write letters to your family telling them that you will stay with me. And it, mm-hmm. it's like, no, nah, I think I'm okay. <laughs> Unlimited <laughs> power. <laughs> ah! That's uh-huh. all I could see when I think of him. I'm just like, yeah. what, what are we doing here? Yeah. <laughs> But I'm just going to say as as a as a not frequent watcher of horror mm-hmm. it's an interesting it's interesting to kind of really experience all this for the first time and see that like just the way Transylvania is displayed like mm-hmm. the red skies it looks like you're going into the ninth ring of hell you right. know i mean that there's all these red flags that we kind of ignore mm-hmm. that our main characters ignore and so is this supposed to be realistic Dracula? Like, right. why is he tolerating the weird, creepy arm guy? Like, why are these things just, you know, where I would recoil because that stuff doesn't exist, mm-hmm. supposedly doesn't exist in the real world. How come they're okay with it? Right? right. You know, if you were in Lord of the Rings, then supernatural type things would be ha- happening all the time. But this, do you get what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. it's not like, it's not like the characters are living in a supernatural world before all this stuff starts happening. Right. So I just, I just find that, and I'm not passing judgment at all, but I just find that interesting that it's that that's what's happening, that there's all these things, but he's going to stay. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I just I think it's I think it's fitting of the original novel. It's kind of fitting of the right. time that the original was written in and kind of like a I maybe it's kind of along the lines of how nobody ever figures out that Clark Kent is Superman. Sure. Because you're just not like you see it and in your brain, you're just like, yeah, that couldn't have happened. Right. Like that doesn't that doesn't make sense. 
guys climbing down a wall. Yeah. Nah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wasn't, wasn't that one of the scenes in the old uh, 1966 Batman movie where like uh, Batman and Robin are, are climbing up the wall and some guy kind of looks out the they open no, up no, the no, window? No, I'm thinking of Superman. When he's standing, he's standing on the glass and the guy falls, going down, you know, that whole thing. And then he catches the guy mm-hmm. and then he turns and right. takes him down. And the guy turns around, looks out the window and he goes, nah. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's yeah. just that. Maybe it's just you don't expect three half-naked vampire women to come climbing up out of the sheets. And so you don't question it. Hmm. Right. And I'm not, and I'm not in any way judging the movie or saying that as a, as a, as a like as a criticism it's just an interesting well, you're it's not an gonna, interesting you're, world you're not going to criticize that part of the movie either i mean oh i'm not going to criticize that no but dream weaver <laughs> i believe you can get me through the but i also wouldn't need three vampires to come if there was only one but it's in, let as me, long I think as it was the right one as long as it was the right one. The, what I'm trying to say, I think, let, is that this is, that is the, just is a that, very... Is that the vampire movie, Let the Right One In? <laughs> Can you let us... Yeah, come on in. Come on. You don't even need to ask. Yeah. Mikasa, Sukasa, get in here. Come on. Come on. No, but it's an interesting world. That's what I'm trying to say. The yeah. world building is is interesting. And I am used to... You know, I've seen all the Lord of the Rings. I've seen so like I'm used to that the rules of the, that game. You know, I get where that happens. I've seen plenty of action movies, so I get the rules of how you build the action movie worlds. The horror movie worlds, that's new to me, and so I just I found it very interesting to experience that with this movie where the things that are tolerated, the things that the main characters don't bump on, the things I just I found that all just very very interesting. In a good way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So we kind of cut ahead. So Jonathan is starting to be kind of driven insane, much like his predecessor Renfield, while he's there at the castle, knows that he's trapped, basically, and is being constantly drained of blood by these three vampire women so that he can't escape. In the meantime, Count Dracula has closed this deal in London. And it's a bummer. He is... Yeah, I can it's see. A bummer, I, man. I can see you're disappointed. <laughs> I know it just it just sucks. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, hey now. Uh huh. Yep. Anyway, continuing on. So Dracula has closed this. Really, hey, look, I am trying to. You know what? I'm trying to pull a George Lucas here. You're trying to talk about things that are interesting. I'm trying to make this political. Okay, so can I continue to talk about my real estate deal here? Okay, plowing ahead. Okay. <sighs> Hold on. Dream Weaver. I believe you can get me through the night. Showing. She gives a dog a bone. She's a babe killer. <laughs> We need you to write a letter home saying you're not. That's okay. They they, don't, they won't miss me. I'll be here. It's fine. I'm good. It's, it's fine. Five five seconds later, he's got like an entire stack of stationery. Done. Yeah, it's done. Here it is. Here it is. I've actually paid. I've, I've actually paid for all the postage. I've... 
Yeah. I just I just did postcards yeah. and I dated them for like each week in the future. Feel free to send them out as long as you want to. Yeah, yeah. This might be a little. This might be a little on the nose because I know we're like vampires and stuff. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have any good vegan restaurants around here? I'm kind of I'm checking out some new things. Like I could move. I could I could. You guys just let me know. I'll be here. That's fine. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'll be here, just in the bed, hanging out. <sighs> Pat would be so dead. <laughs> I'd be gone. Like, I would not survive the whole thing. But he'd movie. be so happy about uh, it well, that it just wouldn't true. matter. If you, if you got to go, go with a smile, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> well, so from one scene to another, which just... There's so much about this movie that because I saw it at a fairly young age, I was probably about 13 when I first saw this, that there were many scenes in this movie that were of interest. You saw this at 13? I bet you yeah. had some to questions. To an impressionable young I, John. I had, some, I had some questions after this. I'm calling this next major moment the werewolves of London scene where, mm-hmm. where Lucy ends up in the garden with the werewolf man. And all I can say is, ow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. This was not the 1931 Dracula that I was used to. Mm-mm. So there were there were some surprises here. So needless to say, one of the other things, and and you talked about the practical effects early on, is the makeup. Good Lord Almighty, mm-hmm. the makeup in this mm-hmm. movie and all the different iterations of Dracula from when he's creepy, you know, like massive forehead Gary Oldman Dracula in Transylvania, to when he's creepy long-haired Dracula in his casket in the in the crate on the ship to when he's Wolfman Dracula to the Bat Dracula to the all the different iterations of Dracula and the makeup that goes along with it but we get to the scene where he is he has made landfall and he's in London now we've been introduced to Mina and her friend Lucy and we have the scenes in which he has been manipulating or entering Lucy's dreams and kind of coercing her to come outside so that he can drain her of blood. And, and you know, that's, he's, he's kind of rejuvenating himself, shall we say. Mm-hmm. So he mm-hmm. does, and kind of during that time too, that's when he first meets Mina in downtown London. He is much younger at this point. He's clearly some, some new blood has been good for him. So he's much younger looking. He meets Mina and he immediately recognizes her as his lost love, Elizabetha. And from that point on, he, he kind of realizes what it is he has to do now. And I, I don't know. I mean, I think it's kind of explained at one point that the reason why he's coming to London in the first place, like he doesn't know she's there. It's kind of a surprise that he meets her there. I think the idea was just to... I don't know, maybe to come to a, a new world and continue to do his vampire thing and spread the vampireness, or I don't know. It, it doesn't really, I don't know that they really go into why he's doing that in the first place. You know, why hang out, why hang out in Transylvania for 400 years and then all of a sudden decide to go to London? And I'm, and I'm trying to remember if it ever explains in the book, too, like why he does other than just wanting to come well, to a new country and, and, you know, start fresh and there's the, fresh new blood and all that. Yeah, there's the MacGuffin of his real estate holdings. He's been buying up enough where he can gain a foothold there. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's necessarily as important as I'm making it out to be, but... Mm-hmm. I... I, f- I felt, and you, you, you touched on this, so I'm going to go ahead and put this in here. I felt 
Many times, okay, let me back up. Many times I've seen the movie after reading the book with a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. And whenever I remember there's times that I'll read the book, then I see the movie, then I'm always kind of like let down because the movie isn't quite what the book was kind of thing. And I'm always left with the question like, boy, I just wonder, the movie seemed to leave out so much. If you hadn't read the book, would the movie make as much sense? And 99 times out of 100, I've always read the book first, so I don't get a chance to kind of put that theory to the test. This seems to be that one time out of 100 that I haven't read Dracula. Mm-hmm. And that was one thing, and, and I won't even call it like a knock on the movie because I, I really enjoyed the film. But that's one thing that I'm, I'm wondering about this is, is there a lot of things that were explained in the book that maybe were left out of the movie? Because there were things that came up like, okay, why is he buying stuff up in London? Okay, I, I can put two and two together and realize that the, the vampire ladies are draining him of blood, but it, it just seemed like there was some stuff that maybe wasn't fully explained. Or why did this happen? Or wh- why is this person doing this? Okay, now there's a narrator voice yeah. with a very scientific tone. Is that, is someone doing a study on vampires? You so know, if you, there if just you, seemed... Yeah, if you go, go read, ahead. If you go read the book, the book is, and, and I love the book, but the book is a little, it's a little dry because okay. it's because it's written as a series of letters. It's like, it's almost written as if we're going, okay. we've collected the evidence of here's what happened and here's all the journal entries and here's the letters and here's the, it's very much written in that way. Sure, uh, sure. And, and a lot of it is, a lot of it is kind of describing, and they do a decent job of it in the movie, but the, the visuals and everything is kind of describing the travel that Jonathan goes through mm-hmm. and the, the strangeness as he travels away from London, away from, quote unquote, civilization out to this exotic location. And Mm -hmm. from what I can recall, the reason, and I don't remember if they ever really state it in the movie or not, and and they probably do, and I probably have just missed it each time, is in the book, from what I can recall, is he was basically saying that Transylvania does not have as many people as it used to. Like either, either the population has aged or moved away, or he's drained all the people he can find, so he wants to go somewhere. And at that point in time, in the late 1800s or whatever it would be, um, London would have been the place to go. Like, that would have been your major world city that you would go to if you wanted to go somewhere where there's basically an all-you-can-suck buffet. Do I have a do I have a do I have a bell sound effect? Because that might be the name of this episode. You are just hitting it all tonight, aren't you? Oh my gosh! Oh my. Oh my god! And it's kind of impressive when you think about it. It's it's an impressive feat. That's okay. We haven't even got to the part where I was going to start singing a song here in a minute. Must we? I, I, I don't know. We'll see. But no, I think that's why. I think. But but if you do ever go read the book, like I really enjoy the book, and I. I remember yeah. at least one year, I think I, I think I went through this book with one of my advanced language arts classes. Okay. And I had them, like, as we were going through it, I was, we were looking at different styles of writing. And so we were looking at the journal entries, we were looking at the letters. And I remember having them kind of like, as we went along and, and the whole travel part of it, I had them try to kind of map out where they were going, we pulled up this giant map of, of Europe, and then I kind of had the students map out where he was traveling to and kind of uh, really getting into the whole idea of how they were viewing travel and how they were viewing, like, going to exotic places and how these exotic places were so far uncivilized that you could have vampires and you could have 
you know, actual evil show up in mm-hmm. these dark remote places in, in the further East you go in Europe. And so, yeah, so it was, it was fun to do that. And, and some of the kids, and, and that's, I understand some of the kids were like, this is kind of a little dry. It's maybe mm-hmm. a little boring sometimes. And it kind of is, it can have moments of that because it's basically a series of letters and journal entries. So if that's not something you're as interested in, then, but it right. kind of, it's one of those that kind of presents itself. I mean, if you wanted to call it like the earliest early or earlier examples of like a, a found footage or a kind of mockumentary okay. kind of a thing that yes, that's basically what Dracula is. Interesting. Interesting. But yeah, it is, it is, it is a fun book, but yes, I think it was, I, I think his, in fact, I think Van Helsing explains it at some point in the book. He's just like, well, Transylvania just doesn't have this as many people as it used to have. So therefore he's got to go where the food is. Got it. Got it. Okay. And so we get to the point where Lucy has been attacked a few times and she's being drained of blood and they don't know quite what's going on. We have been introduced to Lucy's many suitors that have come calling and she's got Dr. Seward. She's got Arthur Holmwood. She's got Quincy P. Morris. She's got all these guys that are just kind of falling all over themselves to get to her. And, uh, you know, kind of fun that you have the, the mixture of these different actors. You've got Carrie Elwes. You've got uh, Billy Campbell from the Rocketeer. Who? The Rocket Who? And just all these, all these different guys in, in these different parts. And it's, it's kind of this, this fun scene, especially how she first introduced, especially the Quincy P. Morris one. She kind of introduces it as she's very much not as inhibited as Mina is mm-hmm. necessarily. <laughs> At all. A little bit more of a free spirit. That's one way to put it. Yes. Yes. So, (laughs) and uh, as we learn that she has been starting to get drained, Dr. Seward can't quite figure out what's going on with this, but he does have to call in. And and when you're wealthy enough to do this, uh, you can call in a a private doctor for this. Mm -hmm. And and, uh, actually, I actually have a song. I'm not going to sing it, but I'll, I'll read the lyrics that I think fit really well with this related to the idea of a, a private doctor. All the men come in these places and all the men are all the same. You don't look at their faces. You don't ask their names. You don't think of them as human. You don't think of them at all. You keep your mind on the Lucy. Keep your eyes on the wall. I'm your private doctor, a doctor for Lucy. I'll do what you want me to do. I'm your private doctor, a doctor for Lucy. Any old garlic will do. I'm not Tina Turner, so I can't quite get the same vocal. There are not words. Where is that song from? It's Private Dancer by Tina Turner. Yeah. Oh. I'm your private wow. dancer. Dancer for money. No? Okay. Yeah, you you I, took that and ran with it, and I am disturbed I for hearing it. I went there. Well, you're welcome. You did. Yeah. You went there and then some, my friend. We Okay, mm-hmm. pulling back the curtain just a little bit. Sometimes when we want the kids to go do their homework, we are sitting at the dinner table, we're playing music, and we will just start to play music that – is so awkward that when my wife and I start singing along that eventually they just get up and leave and they decide that homework is a better option than listening to mom and dad sing. That is awesome. And so the other night I just randomly decided to pull up some Tina Turner and that was the first song that came on. And so, so we, we started singing it. So the kids are now familiar with that. It is part of a playlist that I have on regular rotation in the car. And I will tell you, before we started recording tonight, I did pull the lyrics up so I'd have them in front of me for the podcast here. And Nora, before she went to bed, she came over here and gave me a hug goodnight. She looked at the computer screen and she goes, why? 
<laughs> See, she is your daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, Explain yourself. Just, <laughs> just, just why? You've got some explaining to do. Now, <laughs> uh, your name is Pinto. Why? Why not? <sighs> yeah. Anyway, so Lucy's private doctor is Dr. Van Helsing. And I, I got to tell you, when you think of this movie and you think of, uh, immediately you think of Gary Oldman, because Gary Oldman just does such an amazing job as Dracula. I absolutely love Anthony Hopkins as Van Helsing in this movie because he is so weird and so quirky. <laughs> and so, oh, yeah. like, half the time, I don't even know if he's a good guy or not. Yeah. Like, he's just as crazy as anybody else in this whole thing. Oh, yeah, he mm-hmm. just wants to kill everybody. Right. Is that, Actually, here, I'll, I have I have one of my favorite lines of his right here. Autopsy. Lucy. No, 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 not exactly. I just want to cut off a head and take out a heart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, not exactly. An autopsy on Lucy? No, 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 no. I just want to cut off her head and take out her heart. No big deal. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. And what is the... In, in, Oh, what is the scene when they're they're talking about all this and and all of a sudden he's like, Jack, I'm hungry. Feed me. Right. <laughs> so like, they're going out. Yeah, aren't they walking like, out to the carriage or something? And he says, after we dine. Yeah. It's like, and then like one of the Wait, next. You just talked about the end of the world as we know it, but after we dine. And then I think there's the one scene where he's sitting there with Jonathan and Mina and he's talking about what they did to Lucy. Like they chopped her head off and, and drove a stake through her heart. And he's sitting there like at the Brazilian steakhouse, just cutting into this giant slab of meat. Yeah. I mean, you know, when I do yeah. my killing. Right. I, I am hungry afterwards. I do my killing after breakfast. <laughs> oh, there's just, there's so many crazy people. There's so many. Oh, Bo, I have to do it. There are so many psychos in this movie. <laughs> They look like psychos. Is that what they look like? They were vampires. Psychos do not explode when sunlight hits them. I don't give a fuck how crazy they are. (laughs) You do realize that ever since you started using that drop, we are now not a family-friendly podcast anymore. I I always always cut out the one word. Do you really? I do. Yeah, I did it. Oh, wow. Oh, that shows how much you listen to the podcast. I'm here. Why would I listen to it? <laughs> I mean, no offense. I'll listen to the ones I'm not here for, but maybe the finished, know. maybe the finished product is different. Oh, I make sure to download it to oh, juice okay. our numbers. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Hold on here. Oh my right. gosh. Okay. I mean, I'm not, I'm not iHeartRadio who's cheating the advertisers, but okay. well, you know, no, no, no. we're not hosted on them, are we? No, no. We... Well, that no more. <laughs> right. We try to. We may be psychos, but we're honest here. That's good. We're honest That's psychos. Good. I don't care how crazy they are. Psychos. That's what makes that line great. I know, right? Like, I don't care how crazy they are. They we're vampires. Psychos do not burst into. Fl- yeah. <sighs> oh so boy, love it. So next major moment is they are hunting down Dracula. Now that they know that Dracula is after Mina, they are hunting him down. And and you have that whole scene. And I remember watching this as a 13 or whatever year old and being like, is she really going to, like, she's not going to ask Dracula to turn her. Is she? Like, she's like, this was a, 
this was like she was under a trance kind of a thing, right? And then when she actually starts drinking his blood, and then he, then yeah. he kind of reveals that he's the one that killed Lucy. And I'm like, wait a minute, but you're not, what do you, what, ha, I don't understand. I don't, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't get that part either. Like, why is she on his side now? Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Well, it's the draw of her long lost love, right? I mean, okay. I guess so. at some point she starts to feel that pull, whether it's, at least that's what they're trying to have us right. understand, mm-hmm. I believe. Right. Well. As the trailer taught us, love never dies. Right. Indeed. Yeah. Right. Hmm. That's a giant cat paw. It it is a giant cat paw. <laughs> for for the listening audience at home, I'm like watching Pat's feed right here and, and Doodle comes right up and like sticks his nose right in the camera and, and got the giant cat paw there. This is almost like those movies where you have like the, the Godzilla sized monster. I it, it, well, Doodle is, in his own mind, he is a Godzilla-sized mm-hmm. monster. Yeah. Is that a Doodle's way of saying, you are done podcasting now, <laughs> pay attention to me. Yeah, he doesn't, I, I don't know if he just, I just don't know if he cares. <laughs> I gotta be honest with That's you. That's fair. It's like, you could keep you could keep podcasting, I'm just gonna poke around here and I'm, do whatever uh, the heck I please. I'm, I'm indifferent to whatever you're doing. Yeah, you keep podcasting, but you're gonna play with me now. You can keep podcasting, but yeah. Yeah. So yeah. the next the next portion of the movie is hunting Dracula. So we get the scenes where they have they have destroyed Dracula's coffins that he has in London and he can only escape back to Transylvania. And so we have the chase back to his castle and and the kind of the, the travel once again of three or four if by train and Dracula by sea and they end up Dracula ends up beating them to Transylvania and this mad dash to get to the end where they are trying to save Mina's life and at the same time kill Dracula when they have the chance because if he can get back into his castle, then the concern is that he's too strong there and that they won't be able to stop him. And in the original book, they are... They are cleansing the the dirt, the Transylvanian dirt. They're destroying his coffins, his caskets. And I believe it is ultimately Jonathan that cuts his head off. And is it Quincy that drives the stake, drives a stake or a knife through his heart? And there was another trivia thing that I saw not too long ago that I believe Francis Ford Coppola showed that ending to George Lucas. And George Lucas was like, okay, hear me out. What if Mina is the one that decapitates him. Like, what if she's the one that has to finish him off? If this is your love story and this is like the tragedy of this love story, what if it's Mina that finishes him off? And he's mm-hmm. like, oh, I think I kind of like that. And so that's the ending. Right. They ended, but it was it was at George Lucas's uh, suggestion that they ended it that way. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought that was kind of a great, if this is the the twist on the Dracula story where it's a, a kind of like a lost love story, I think that's a perfect way to end it. Right. Right. So we have reached the end of our major moments. We will go into our deep thoughts. We've kind of been sharing some deep thoughts as we've been going along, but uh, we might have some some deeper thoughts that we want to share here. And then, of course, we'll have our three questions coming up here in a second. So I think it's time for some deep thoughts. How, How deeply can we sink our teeth into these thoughts? And now deep thoughts. All right. So deep thoughts. Do you like this movie? Indeed. Yeah. This this movie blew my little 13-year-old mind. Yeah. yeah. It def- back and you know when you when you take into account when 
and and all of that like it was just so good yeah when you're used to black and white bella lugosi dracula like that's that's one thing and right you know and that's and and i love those movies too like don't get me wrong about that but i don't know there was just something about this movie that just the the, the different twist they put on the story and I don't know, just the visuals of it and the just the creepiness of the whole thing and yeah, it was it was so good. I just recently saw it for this podcast. I'd never seen it before. Really? Oh um, wow. really. Oh. And I I was really taken by it. And it's funny because I everybody was talking about it. You know what I'm saying? I remember when this came out, I was like, what what what's all the hubbub about? And I mean, like the scary movie thing never really appealed to me that much. So I just kind of was like, yeah, what I had no interest in seeing it. And then I saw it for the, for our show and it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty incredible. And it holds up so well, probably a testament to practical, excuse me, practical events, practical events, practical effects, and just the various ways that they shot the movie. I mean, it's, it's an incredible story. And it's just chock full of talented actors. And yeah, I was, I really liked it. Yeah. It's, I think just between the, just the way the movie is stylized, like all of the different, like I said, the practical effects, but just the different costumes, the, the colors, the creatures, the, everything about this movie is just, I think, I think it just hits well, everything about this movie, except for a couple of the acting performances hit just perfectly. So this is, mm-hmm. this is one of my favorite, this is one of my favorite vampire slash Dracula stories. Yeah. So you said, now, did you just say that all except for some of the acting, are you saying like Keanu's kind of felt a little bit I, there for you? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's moments where Winona Ryder, Keanu, I'm trying to think if there were a couple of the other ones. Yeah. Some of them were a little, there were moments where it was a little forced. Okay. Yeah. Keanu especially, but I mean, he's, he's already admitted that this is like one of his worst performances. Okay. And he already said, he already said, he's like, I was in so many movies in 1991 that by the time I got to this one, I just didn't have it. Got it. So, so I I did actually, I was looking at something and it, it actually was, I, cause I made the comment about, well, why didn't they release this on like Halloween? Like, why didn't they get this closer to Halloween and then bring it out then? Because apparently it was going to get released in the summertime and they pushed it back to November, apparently to coincide with the release of, or with the 95th anniversary of the original novel. Oh. So that's why they chose the November date. All right. That makes sense. Yeah. It's, hey, what's the line? It's a reason. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's a good reason, but it's reason. Right. Right. All right. Do we have, we kind of talked a lot about some of our, our deeper thoughts about this one as we went along. Do you have anything else about this movie that you wanted to, that you needed to share with the folks at home before we get, jump into our three questions? Uh, I'm good. Uh, yeah. 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 It's a great movie. All right. It is time for uh, some spooky three questions. He asks each traveler five questions. What were they, psychos? We all go a little mad sometimes. Quid pro quo. I tell you things, you tell me things. I'm not interrupting anything, am I? You really look deep in thought. So I'll ask you the questions and then we'll see, all right? 
All right. Spooky three questions. Uh, question number one and cr- three questions this time. Thank you to Pat for creating our three questions for this one. Question number one. When shaving, do you go with the blade, the electric trimmers, or the straight edge? If Gary Oldman is drunk and trying to shave me, I'm not going with a straight edge. Let's put it that way. Uh, that's true. Because apparently he was drunk during that scene. Oh, God. <laughs> so, no thank you. I tend to go with just like the straight up, like the normal, normal razor blade. Safety razor. Yep, safety razor. I, I have some electric trimmers. I use them from time to time. I don't find that I get a close enough shave with those as I do with the other ones. So I have never done I've never done the, the straight edge thing. I just I don't think I tend to slice myself up enough using the quote unquote safety razor. So I'm not sure the straight mm-hmm. edge would be for me. I agree. I stick to the electric most of the time when I'm trimming my beard. And then if I'm going clean shaven, which it's been a few years, I would go with regular old safety razor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That I'm about the same. I'm about the same thing. I, yeah. And I, I just, yeah. Cause I just carve just mm-hmm. when I go against the grain to get the, and then I got all the little nicks and all that kind of stuff in there. And then I grab, you know, if I have any of that, some, some after shit, just something to kind of do it. Or sometimes I'll just grab hand sanitizer and just go, ah, and all that kind of thing just to get it all. Pull the home alone thing. Pull the home alone thing. But yeah, I remember there was a barbershop I went to Then they, they'd cut like the, they'd give you the straight razor. Okay. You really got to trust somebody getting that close to you with one of those things. I'll tell you you what. Yeah. You feel, you feel like your hair standing up on end, just, you know, thinking about it. So, would you, yeah. if, if you knew that you had somebody that would do it well and do it right, would you go do, would you go to a barbershop and, and have that done? Oh yeah. Once in a while, that would be so amazing. Okay. I don't know. Jury's out for me, Okay. but I grow, but my hair grows back so fast. It wouldn't, it's, it's like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That'd be my excuse is that I'd, oh, yeah, I don't know if I want to do it like two days before a wedding, that sort of thing. Right, right, right. right. All right. Question number two. What is your sketchiest taxi slash Uber ride? This is inspired, by the way, by that creepy dude that picked Keanu up when he first showed up in Transylvania. Yeah. Indeed. I don't. Were you going to jump in there? Do you you have something right off the top of your head? I didn't. You know, I'm thinking about all the all the times I've had to jump in a cab and I'm sure there were some. I think the. The sketchiest one I can think of, we had all been out very, very late, and it was very, very late, and it was the only cab we could get, and two of us passed out, two of the people I was with passed out on the way home, because it it was late, and yeah, it was just weird, like, you know how you're in the cab, and you feel like, there's no way it should take this long, man. (laughs) Suddenly the doors lock. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. But nothing I remember well because, well, as I've said, it was late in the evening. Right. The only one I can think of is, like, the only one that was kind of even, like, a little scary was one of the times we went to Italy and mm-hmm. we we took a cab. I think it was from the airport to our hotel. And the guy, and the only reason it was scary was just because, this guy was driving, I mean, it felt like he was driving like 90 miles an hour in the middle of the city. I think this would have been one of, maybe our trip to Milan. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it might have been Milan. And he, I felt like he was driving like 90 miles an hour. And, of course, there's motorcycles all over the place. It was busy oh, yeah. in the middle of the day. And he's looking back and talking to us instead of looking at the road in front of him. And so, okay. like, we're trying to, like, okay, just please look at the road. Just look at the road. Just look at it. And it was driving. He must have known the roads so very well that he felt like he was okay doing that. But it just, like, I think we were white knuckle in the back seat the entire time during that taxi ride. Well, see, yeah. you said Milan. He thought you said Le Mans. And yeah. You know, yes. mm-hmm. It just lost in translation somewhere. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's so, funny. So yeah, that would uh, that'd be mine definitely. You know, it's funny. I I came up with the question, and it it means that I got to have a really great like story, and I I really don't. I've never had any sketchy rides. Uh, I mean, like a couple that, like you said, are kind of the the. Uh, Hold like on, let me let, let me get a let me get a new sound drop in here. Pat just rejected his own question. <laughs> <laughs> I have rejected myself, but I'll tell you the funniest one was that, and it was kind of like you have to get from the third person perspective. We were in Italy. My sister had been living there for a while, so she knew the she knew all the ins and outs, and we were all doing something. And and then she set us up in a taxi, getting us back to our hotel. And Tammy and I get in there, and. And they drops it off. She's speaking Italian to the guy. And they're like, okay, you're going to go this way. Get him back to the, yep, yep, I got it. And then he took off in the complete other direction. <laughs> and it was like after this whole buildup. And we got in there and it was like, yep. And we looking at the map and my sister's like, okay, no, you're going this way. You're going this way. We pay the guy. Everything is set. You should be good. Fine. And then all of a sudden he took off in the absolute other direction. And she was like, I was standing there in the corner like, Oh my God, what just happened? And so she ran back in and started ringing. And this was back before cell phones and all that kind of stuff. And so she's back like calling our hotel and trying to like, did you guys make it? What happened? Where did you go? And we were describing, she's like, why the heck did he go that way? And it was, it was one of those. And we didn't know any better. We were just like, okay, we're just going to see. We're checking out Florence. But yeah, that was that was about the sketchiest kind of the, 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 the one, and it wasn't sketchy, but it was the most nerve wracking one, but only for my sister, just because the, the people that she was tasked with getting back safely to the hotel took off in the opposite direction. Yeah. Very I can see how that would frighten someone. Yeah. All right. And the last of our three questions, what is your favorite scary bed scene in a movie? Exorcist. Mm. first thing i thought of when i read that i was like oh i did have to go confirm that she was in bed during that scene but oh she was oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) oh yeah because i don't know if i've ever shared this one at my mom and dad uh, i'm trying to think they wouldn't have been married for very long but they went to go see that movie and i don't know if it was that night or if it was a little bit later my my mom, I think, was getting ready for bed. She was in the bathroom, brushing her teeth, everything else. And my dad, I guess, slid under the bed. And when she came back uh, and crawled no. into bed, he, like, lifted oh, it up and started no. shaking it. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> that is awesome. I don't know how I was ever born. I was going to yeah, say, like. No <laughs> joke. Yeah. But uh, that's, I always remember them telling that story and I was like, oh, that's, that's like a whole other level of awesomeness yeah. that, that I will yeah. never repeat because I enjoy being married. Yeah. 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 We would, we would read the story in the newspaper the next day. Yeah. Like Forest Man. Mm-hmm. Found. Yeah. 
wrapped in bed sheet with mm-hmm. wrapped in bed sheet with a note. He deserved it. Mm-hmm. He knows what he did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Finally took it too far. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. That's it right there. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh gosh. Yeah. Well, there are some there are some really good, really good scenes like either something creepy in somebody's bedroom or because you've got you've got exorcist that's one of the perfect ones uh, pat i don't want to steal yours did you say yours yet i have not go for it though okay no I, i'm just saying like there's some others like you know paranormal activity like i watched this mm-hmm. paranormal activity movie those movies creep me out anyway like any of the ones that are pretending to be found footage kind of stuff like i i get a little extra creeped out with some of those you know that you get the scene in poltergeist in the bedroom with the closet and the and all that and we can't forget there is no Dana. Yes. That, Only Zur. Yeah, well, that one's mine. That one's mine. Uh, is that what yours? There we I, go. See, I almost didn't want to go with that one because I, I hear nothing ever happens in that room. <laughs> what a crime. What a crime. Another And another, that one that yeah. one's a tough one because yeah. it's kind of played for laughs. Oh yeah, but it's still good. But oh yeah. 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 No, it's uh, that's totally acceptable. And then I always think of Misery because Misery is such a great movie. And, oh yeah. yeah, good one. Have you guys seen? And I'm trying to remember if it was on Netflix or somewhere else. Have you seen the new version of Gerald's Game? Mm. Okay, so it's a Stephen King story. Um, okay. And how do I describe this in a family friendly way? There, there's a couple that goes off to this remote cabin in the woods, and they are going to enjoy each other's company mm-hmm. and the wife is restrained and unable to remove herself and then the husband has a heart attack and dies okay oh and the rest of the movie is her trying to get herself out but there's also like this almost like this rabid dog that shows up somehow and like there's, there's of course there's all kinds of like creepiness that happens so it's like it's not like a supernatural like horror movie kind of a deal but it's definitely like a thriller suspense kind of a thing yeah i think it was one of the actresses from the haunting of hill house if you watch that on netflix at all oh okay sure but I, okay. it was pretty good like that was there was a there was a stretch of time where i remember i watched that i watched the movie hush the one where I think it might actually be one of the other actresses from Haunting of Hill House where she is deaf and has the person that's trying to break into her house and kill her. That okay. was a really good one too. But so that's all that to say that that one occurs obviously in a in a bed as well. I think I have to go with Glenn in Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. When he gets sucked in and then there's the, much like in this movie when you have the giant eruption of blood, you have the like Evil Dead 2 levels of blood eruption. Right, right. So I think I got to go with that one. Yeah. All right. I think that's it for the three questions. I think that's it for our first uh, horror movie of the month. I and can't. and what a good one it was. Like I really out of the gates with us with with the stomp. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> out of the gates. I can't speak. It's easy yes. for you to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Please edit the last ten seconds. I have no idea. It's like blah, 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 blah. the children of the night. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I don't know what the heck. It's Tell me, Mister Anderson. Patrick Cantagallo, uh, the children of the night. Listen to the music they make. If you can I, understand it. I. Did you, did you take your? As I was trying to skate. 
I, I think I took too much Manila veneer veneer. Yeah. <laughs> well, what I was trying to say was this was a great way to start, but I, I think I'm just going to stop. I think I'm just done. I think I'm done now. I'm done. You know, if you're after you take that, if your tongue twistedness lasts for more than three hours, please consult a, consult a physician. I I I think so. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. All right. Well, coming up next, we've got for the month of October, we have our Patreon is going to be a comparison between Thing from Another World from 1951, The Thing from 1982, and The Thing from 2011. So very, very excited about that one. Airplane 2 from 1982 is one of our Patreon shorts, and The Secret of Nim from 1982 is another one of our Patreon shorts. Those are for our Patreon co-executive producers. Again, any level of support over there, even if it's just like a dollar or two a a month, you get access to all that stuff, plus all the other past episodes that we've done, and we do some regular stuff over there as well. For our regular episodes this month, after this one, we've got Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It's coming out next week. Then Army of Darkness and Alien 3. So we've got some really, really good stuff coming up for this month in the the horror month of October. If you're looking ahead to November, if you want to get a little bit ahead and watch some of these before we talk about them in November, our Patreons will be King of Comedy from 1982, and the Patreon shorts will be Rocky 3 from 1982. And if I can get to the theater and see it, which I'm, I'm thinking I probably will, I will do a Patreon short on Black Adam from this year, the new one. Nice. And then our regular episodes for November will be Thunderheart, Malcolm X, Unforgiven, Chaplin, and A River Runs Through It. So we've got all kinds of good stuff coming up both this month and next month on the 30-something movie podcast. So as always, gentlemen, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, John. Thank you, John. All right, everybody, be excellent to each other. Go watch some scary movies, and we'll see you back here next time. 